0: From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs Podcast. And welcome back to another episode of Locked on Chiefs. This is a Red Friday edition, which means game day is right around the corner. Thank you for joining us. My name is Chris Clark. I am the managing editor of LockedOnChiefs.com, as well as a senior analyst for Chiefs Digest.
1: Hey, and I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics, and your host at RGR Football on YouTube. Thanks for being back with us. And uh just want to say thank you for all the reviews and all the listens we've been getting lately. I hope you guys enjoyed the Eric Stone Street interview that we put up yesterday. If you happen to miss that, go back. It is well worth it. It's great to hear such a a famous, large-scale person that has moved on their professional career that is still at the heart of Chiefs Kingdom and so sold into it.
0: Well, and he had some inside knowledge that we hadn't heard, so that was quite entertaining as well to me. Agreed.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a certain level of insight that people get because the Chiefs are well-known to to treat um, their celebrity fans with, with access. You know, Rudd, Riggle, uh, definitely Eric, a ton. So that was really great to hear.
0: Yep. Lots to talk about. Uh, you know, matchups aren't really going to be a key in this game to me. Um, I don't think Kansas City should – uh, have a problem with this team? I'm not trying to say I'm looking over Arizona, but this is your regular trap game scenario where you have a huge game on the horizon and a horrible team that is coming to town.
1: Yeah, I, this is a tough one. You know, I, I really see two two instances where they have to be very careful and cognizant uh, in order to avoid that trap.
0: Well, and they have Daniel Sorensen coming back. Uh, it sounds like it's possible that Justin Houston will be back. Although, if it's all the same to everybody else, I would prefer that Houston uh, only plays a small, limited role as opposed to playing the entire game. Oh, um, yeah.
1: Agree completely.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I get that this is an NFL team that they're going up against, but uh, Brilliant Speaks, I think, has played better this season as he's gotten time, and he's not going to get time if Houston comes back. Not the kind of time he's been getting. And this is a good, another little uh, test. You know, what happens if, God forbid, you know, Houston or Ford get hurt down the stretch? You know, Speaks has got to be ready to play, and this is an opportunity for him. So I think you let him play. You, you let Houston get a couple of snaps to try to knock some of the rust off and prepare for the Rams game, but I don't think he's needed in this game. And that goes for the same thing of, of Sammy Watkins as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. I am looking forward to seeing uh, Demarcus Robinson and uh, Marcus Kemp play quite a bit more. Uh, I think that's great for Kemp in particular, but also for Robinson, who you know we've seen in the last two years, he's had a, a big play or or a solid game from time to time. Um, but what we've seen so far this season, when he has been able to get on the field, it's been a little bit up and down. And I w- I would like to see him get a little bit more sustained snap count.
0: Absolutely, especially considering he has had issues with drops. So right and well, and even from
1: a bigger scale, even you know this is a contract year for Chris Conley. Uh, I don't know what the if there's mutual interest. I don't know if there's team interest. I don't think that his market's going to be huge out there. So I think it is reasonable that they could get him back on a, on a fairly uh, cheap contract. I just don't know if that that interest is there. And if there isn't, then Demarcus is, is clearly the next guy to ascend to that third. A wide receiver spot well
0: the other question with conley is you know albert wilson got eight million a year uh so we- receivers are getting money uh granted conley hasn't shown much and wilson showed a little bit more but conley has ability uh and so i think he could get a, a deal that would keep him from coming back to kansas city but we'll have to see on that's so obviously that's uh, a ways down the way uh, one of the things that came out of practice on Thursday is it sounds like Daniel Sorensen has moved into the second stringer role and is behind Eric Murray, Eric Murray and uh, Ron Parker right now.
1: Yeah, and you know in that third role, I I I think that's best. I think that's where he belongs because generally that's the, the guy that's going to come in and be up closer to the box, and I think that's where where Dan Sorensen plays well. So, I think for right now, especially his first week back in action, I think that's great. Um, I was very, very encouraged by Eric Murray's play last week. Um, I highlighted some of his stuff towards the end of my film room video on RGR, so if, if you missed it or you didn't watch the whole thing, you can go see some of what Eric Murray did there at the end of
0: it. Yeah, I think Eric Murray's played a lot better. Uh, He looks a lot more comfortable than he did any time last year, so I think that's a good sign for him moving forward. And for Kansas City's depth at the position, because I do think that's going to be tested down the stretch because we're still waiting to see whether or not we see Eric Berry at some point.
1: Yeah, and let me ask you this, because this this struck me when I was doing the film review. Um, Do you think Eric Murray is getting that kind of – Alex Smith push from last season that that Lucas and Watts have both shown up in some places and maybe he's he's stepping up his game because he feels the pressure of the younger guys behind him
0: I would say it's certainly a possibility but I would also say that Eric Murray had to step up just because just if he wanted to be on an NFL roster after this year Uh, he played really bad last year and uh, he may have special teams ability, and that may give him a job somewhere else in the NFL. But if he wanted to be in Kansas City, he had to step up regardless. So maybe it's him being pushed, but for whatever the reason, he is playing better this year.
1: Well, I'll take it. And like you said, now they have uh, quite a bit of depth at the position in terms of uh, when Watts is able to return. But with Sorensen back, who I, I still see as um, you know a, a middling backup but you have a, you've gotten a spark from Lucas. You got a spark from Watts when he was in there. Now Murray's playing at least competently. Uh, Ron Parker's still going to be the up and down guy that he is, but he he can come through for you. And then, man, it, it, at this point, you have enough bodies to throw at the position that you can afford to wait on Barry. And if Barry comes back week seventeen or, you know, the divisional round of the playoffs, I think either way, at some point, a team that is now, you know, eight and one is going to get back. And a whole pro player, and that's that's a recipe f- to even make this team tougher.
0: Well, absolutely, and you look at it, and you know you think that uh, this how can this team get better? That's one easy way for them to get better without really having to do anything different. Uh, it's just getting that type of caliber player back for the playoffs and for the home stretch. I really do think that if he's not back for the Rams game, he's back after the buy. Um, but we'll see. Uh, We've been waiting this long, this so far this season. So, you know, honestly, and, and you, we're talking about guys that should or shouldn't play, I, I still am of the same opinion that uh, Hitchens should not play this game as well. Um, Hitchens, Watkins, they should sit.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I want to see Neiman play more snaps. Um, I, I think we all know that Dorian Daniel is going to play a lot of snaps. Um, but I want to see him doing what he does best and not asked to take on guards. And I want to see what Neiman can do against a line that – um you know it has some weak spots especially along the interior uh and i'll have more on that in the the game plan video for friday night folks i'm going to do it in premieres so uh take take a look and keep an eye out for that but um the guard play i don't think is something that can is dominant so it's a good team to go up against if you're a young player like neiman to try and get in on that running game and honestly With the rookie quarterback and Rosen not playing at the top of his game, uh, I think trying to rely on the run with Johnson is probably something that you have to think against the Chiefs defense is something that the Cardinals are looking at.
0: Well, absolutely. And if you're the Cardinals, I think that's what you have to do. You can't uh, expect Rosen to come out and play well against this team. And it goes beyond uh, just the way the Chiefs defense is structured. It goes into looking at... Uh, the way that the corners have played so far this year. You know, all three corners have played pretty well for the most part. Skandrick's had issues at times. Uh, Nelson's allowed a big big reception here and there, but he came back and made big plays after it. I mean, but they've all three of them played very well. And Kendall Fuller is looking better and better as the season goes on as well. Uh, So that's big for Kansas City. And if you try to attack them in the air which I think they're going to have to because I still expect Kansas City to get off to a big lead Uh, I think that's a recipe for disaster with Rosen because I don't think he has the pieces there that he needs right now and his receivers aren't playing great outside of Fitzgerald and the running game is something that really the Kansas City Chiefs have a hard time stopping so if you don't go with the run uh, you're really shooting yourself in the foot
1: I agree with you. And I want to talk about that a little more in depth as well as uh, the other corners. So let's take our first break right here. We'll come back and talk about some of these specific matchups. Are you looking to reach new customers? I could be mentioning your business right now. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with their sponsors than on web pages or other forms of media. Our demographic is 98% males and offers more opportunities than traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsor this podcast today. Email us at LockedOnChiefs at gmail.com. So I like where you're going. I definitely feel like Skandrick is playing well. In fact, when I looked up season performance uh, through PFF this week, what I found I actually surprised me a bit. We knew that, that Kendall Fuller's been playing well the last few weeks, um, but they had some struggles early on uh, in the scheme, and just he just didn't look like he was attacking as well. But when I look up at cornerbacks across the league through nine games, uh, and you see – and the thing that I always check is uh, – there's you know, snaps per reception or whatever. That all depends on how many times you're targeted. So I, I don't put too much weight in that. I really look at NFL passer rating because how much rating you give up when you are targeted it really narrows that down to uh, what you're doing. And you look at the top 10, and the Chiefs have both Skandrick and Nelson in the top 10 in the NFL against passer rating.
0: And it's surprising to me because I was down on Skandrick when they brought him in, but he's played very well, I will admit that. Um, I do think it's a it's something that's become one of the Chiefs' strengths on defense, which is kind of funny because they have a lot of weaknesses that they need to work on. Uh, but, you know, their corners have played very well, and they're definitely going to need him against the Rams here in a couple of weeks. Um, but it's going to help them against the Cardinals as well because – if they're able to jump out to a lead like they have in the past couple of games or most of the season for that matter, uh, I think it's going to be really hard for the Cardinals to come back on them because you just can't throw against this team very well.
1: Yeah. I mean, and and that's what we're seeing and no offense to Fitzgerald because I think that's still the primetime matchup in the passing game um, between Fuller and Fitzgerald, who I think is, is going to see some shadow there.
0: Well, especially considering but, they've got Fitzgerald playing in the slot a lot. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but. No, Absolutely, yeah. But, uh, like, I
1: I intend – I expect to see when they do move him out of the slot that Fuller's likely to go with him some. Uh, I don't think it will be full-time, but that's really the the key matchup for me is because Wiley veteran against an up-and-coming guy, uh, especially out of the slot, but, man, nothing stops Larry Fitzgerald.
0: And that's fair, and it's certainly possible that they will try to take advantage of uh, the situation if they think they can get – fuller beat but uh, honestly I don't think they're going to fuller has is very fluid in his hips he has tremendous ability with his feet to uh, move quickly in in, in and out of his cuts Uh, so I think that's a good situation for Kansas City if you're going to try to win that battle Uh, you know Fitzgerald's probably going to have a couple of catches but you look at the rest of the Cardinals receivers and where are they going to go uh, I mean, they're going to have to hold on to the ball, and that's and that's another reason why I would prefer to see Speaks play this game because I really do think that him getting a sack, another sack is just going to add to more confidence and it's just going to add to uh, better play down the stretch.
1: Yeah, you'll get no argument from me. He needs that experience. And, you know, there's one guy, I, I never say his name correctly, but I, I like what he's done. Um, Ricky Seals-Jones. Uh, is their tight end, and this is a team that we know they've had some flaws against tight ends over time, not so much this season, but they're still susceptible by scheme, and uh, he's a really athletic kid, and I like what he does, so I'll be interested to see how they match up or or if they choose to concentrate on him or or do anything special rather than just playing their normal schemes, Um, but he has had some ups and downs, had a couple of good games, uh, I'll be looking at what he's doing as the Chiefs defense pretty
0: closely. Well, it's funny you say him because I've had him on my fantasy team most of the year, and he hasn't done squats. So <laughs> just going to throw that out there. The
1: difference between the field and fantasy is a no, little bit No, better. I
0: completely agree with that. And I'm just saying uh, stats-wise, he's not lighting it up, which to me means that he may be being effective in the running game. He may be, be effective in blocking. Uh, and he may get a, a catch or two, but he's not a tight end that's going to get you a touchdown or to a game, uh, he doesn't seem to be that type of threat uh, is really where I'm going with that. And he doesn't seem to be somebody that is going to um, really stretch the middle of the field in the middle of the defense. I do think Kansas City does have a uh, disadvantage anytime they play a team with a good tight end, but I'm not so worried about that in this game. Cause I just don't see him being that guy. Uh, now the question is, who do you match him up against? And you know, if it's Parker, if it's Murray, I think both of them have played okay this year against tight ends that aren't great. Uh, so I, I'm i not so worried about that matchup. I do understand why it's a question or something to watch because Kansas City has definitely struggled against the tight ends. But you look at the other players on the Cardinals team and you know maybe they do have to go to him because there's nobody else to go to. Uh, David Johnson out of the backfield is a bigger scare for me than Ricky Seals-Jones, though.
1: Sure, and that's fair. I mean, I between the tackles too. Oh, absolutely. Um, Johnson catching the ball is, I think, a bonus. Um, but this is this is again a, the offense's strong point on the Cardinals side against the Chiefs' defensive uh, weakness. So, uh, I think we have to pay attention to that pretty closely. Although,
0: although I will say, I do think that it's, uh, with more than likely with. Um, Dorian O'Daniel getting playing time, I think that you're going to see a little bit of a change in in how closely that is a uh, detrimental position.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, I, I am very interested to see, too, because the, what we haven't talked is when we reverse it. Uh, the Chiefs are going to be without Sammy, it looks like. Um, I don't see that as a huge detriment um, because how well they've moved the ball around when they need to. Um, but here's the thing is, the Chiefs have some good corners, but uh, there was a lot of rumor going around before the trade deadline about making trying to make a deal with this particular team for either Reddick, who's a coverage linebacker, or the guy that's right now in terms of passer rating, number two in the league, and that's Patrick Peterson outside on the corner. And I don't know that you – he's, he's at, uh, definitely an athlete, but nobody can keep up with Tyreek Hill. And so I think what you have to do is move the ball around so that Tyreek is probably not on him. Uh, and is elsewhere against the defense. But that leaves you a little bit susceptible with what I expect to see is Chris Conley starting uh, with with Sammy out and going against the, arguably the best quarter in the league.
0: Yeah, and you look at that matchup, and honestly, I, I guess it doesn't scare me because you think about what it means, and if you keep Tyree Kill off of Patrick Peterson, and, and I will say this too, uh, one of the other best corners in the league, and I'm not sure where he ranks in passer rating, uh, is Chris Harris Jr., and we know how that ended up for Denver a couple of weeks ago. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they keep Tyree Kill with Patrick Peterson or they try to move Patrick Peterson with Tyree Kill. Uh, let them do that because, to me, with what Tyree Kill has been doing and with what Andy Reed, how Andy Reid has been using them, Patrick Peterson isn't going to be able to stop him the entire game. Yeah, I think you're probably Kill- right. Hill is running. Hill is running twelve, thirteen miles a game, just running all over the field. It's just ridiculous. So, uh, you know, and it does look like they'll be without Watkins. The nice thing is, is they still have other people that can step in. I mean, you know, you still have Travis Kelsey, who I think is going to be a good uh, matchup against this this Cardinals defense.
1: Mm -hmm. I expect to see a lot of Reddick on him, and, and that I still think is going to be a huge plus for Travis Kelsey. Um, why don't we take our second break, and then I want to talk about the one matchup that I think uh, might be
0: emotional. So, You're going to go emotion, emotional on that? Oh, I, can I say this real quick? I, we will go to that matchup, but I have to ask you a question. They're going to be min- missing Mitch Morse again this week. Yeah. How big of a deal is it that they don't – seem to be missing him in the passing game. Or, I mean, I think they're missing him in the running game and you don't see it near as much because they don't call the plays that he would be out there pulling on. Mm-hmm. But Reader's done a fantastic job.
1: Yeah, like so much so that I'm surprised. I, I did not expect Reader to play this well in this offense. Um, he's not the athlete Morse is, but he seems to be moving well enough. If, if that continues, I, I expect Reader to be one of the primary backups. Next season, I'd like to see him drop some weight and be able to do some of those other things. Right, because he doesn't now, have the
0: athletic ability that Morse right. does. Exactly. And that's his big thats his big thing that uh, he fails again – or not fails, but that's his big down, downplay is that he can't get out in space like Morse can. Uh, and maybe he's able to do that next year. But, you know, with the way he's playing and the way Debbie played, honestly, I just – I'm starting to get the feeling Morse isn't going to be in Kansas City much longer.
1: Well, he may not, and, and- – that's. I, I think Morse is a good guy. I think he's a guy that's bought into this team in this area. Obviously, he's from the area. I, I think a bigger issue for me is the fact that um, I think Mitch's health is compromised at this point. Oh, I do too. And I wonder if remaining in the NFL is what's best for him long term. Uh, and I think that's going to be very, very interesting to see how he progresses through the protocol. Uh, a guy in the middle of a season and a guy with as much integrity and buy into this team, I expect him to work to get back. I just don't know at this point with absolutely no update in the fact that he's still symptomatic according to pressers this week. Um, it makes me worry that whether he's actually going to be able to get over this concussion issue.
0: Yep. No, I agree. Sorry, where were you going with your emotional...
1: Um uh, I was going to point out that the the guys went to Cleveland and and Andy let the the Clevelanders rule the roost basically and Xavier Williams played for this Arizona team um for a while and I think he hasn't he hasn't been the starter necessarily that we expected um I think that's that's no detriment to him I think that's it's the thing. amount
0: I, I right. was going to say, I, I think that's more the way Derek Naughty has played and they didn't expect to get him.
1: Agree. Yeah, I think well. naughty has been a nice surprise. And honestly, they have not played the base uh, I I am very keen to find the numbers out. It's not something that the NFL or even PFF will release until the season's over about what the actual percentages are because it's a trend um, that is part of what the data that the, the PFF provides to the NFL. So they won't release it even to us as media. So I, I'll let you know after the season, but in my perception is they're playing even less base than they did last season and they were, they were the bottom five in playing their base defense last season. So... I think it's a combination there. But uh, I have seen him push the pocket when he has been in there at a three technique, and I think he can certainly do that. And I I expect that going back to Arizona, playing a team that I I think their tackles are solid, uh, at least from their performance across the league so far, but those guards are pretty weak and the center's a question mark. And I think you can make a lot of plays up the middle uh, between the B gaps. And I I expect that old Andy Reid's going to have in his back pocket we should let Xavier play a lot.
0: Yeah, and I agree with that. Although they're not going back to Arizona, but um, well, he,
1: fair enough. He's playing his old team is my point.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, okay. I'm just saying, you know, you said going back to Arizona. So uh, anyway, yeah, I think that he's going to be emotional. I do think that they are going to let him start, and I think it's going to be a big game for him. Um, and honestly, maybe them playing in the base defense isn't something that they do normally, but I think in this game it could be something they do more. Because I'm not so sure that Arizona is going to try to go into three to, three wide receiver sets as much. Because if you look at Josh Rosen, is that something that's really going to help him? Against this defense, probably not. Is the coaching staff uh, exactly. ready to admit
1: that? I'm not sure.
0: Well, who knows? I guess we'll find out no. on Sunday.
1: Um, well, I guess it's time then. Let's get down to predictions, bud. Go right ahead. I went first last oh, I week. did for one time this whole season. Fine, whatever. Oh, there's been more than one. Whatever. All right. I, I don't see this defense slowing the Chiefs offense down in the slightest. I think this is a 38-point game, 38-plus for the Chiefs, depending on whether uh, Andy decides to shut it down and let the running backs do their work late, uh, which if they do, I demand to see more Sherman. I'm just saying. Um, But I I have trouble seeing uh, these Cardinals put up more than 20 points. So I'm going to call it 38-17 for the Chiefs.
0: Okay. Um, I get where you're going with that. I don't know that Kansas City is going to score 38 points. And the reason being, and a key to me in this game, is to see how Patrick Mahomes plays because he's played very well this season, obviously, and we've talked about it all year. But he is going up against one of the best pass defenses in the NFL this season. So is he able to go over 300 yards and tie the NFL record of nine straight games?
1: Yes. Okay.
0: I think he can too. I'm just, you know, without Sammy Watkins, it's going to be a little bit tougher. Uh, But I do think that he ends up over 300 yards. I think they still score. I don't know if they score 38, but I go 31 Uh, 31, probably 17. Uh, I do think it's going to be a two score game. Uh, it may be even more than that. If they're able to find specific mismatches that they really like. And, you know, the one thing that we haven't seen since really the Pittsburgh game is them going five wide. And I don't know that that's going to be something that they're going to want to do in this game specifically, but it's still in their back, back pocket. And you have to wonder at some point, when is that going to come out?
1: Yeah. That's a fair point.
0: It's going to be against It's going to be against a specific scheme. I get that. But, um, you know, the other side of it is, is I do expect a couple of different wrinkles that we haven't seen yet. This week, um, really mainly because they know who they're playing next week. Because they want to give the Rams more to even be prepared for and defend.
1: I'll be interested to see if that's 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 true because I would go the opposite. I would not put anything new out there on film this week. And I would hit the Rams with
0: it. I'm not saying that. I understand. I'm not saying that it's going to be something that's going to be a huge deal. I'm saying that they may give them a couple of different formations that they haven't run so far, and they're not going to run the same type of play against the Rams that they're going to run against the Cardinals. That's the nice thing about Reed's scheme is he has got so many different plays coming out of so many different formations. You never know what's coming at you. Yeah,
1: that's true. And I will say so, that you know on on the Rams – I'm sorry, on the Card's defense, uh, one guy I neglected to mention is Chandler Jones. who's playing at a pretty good level.
0: Yes, he is. Uh, but, you know, the nice thing about that in Kansas City is that they've had two very, I think, two, for the most part, very good tackles this season uh, with Fisher and Schwartz playing very mm-hmm. well. Agreed.
1: Well, that's what we think, folks. Let us know what you think at the Twitter account at Locked On Chiefs, as well as uh, any of the comments uh, on iTunes or anywhere else. Uh, we appreciate your time. Hope you enjoy your weekend before game time. Uh, I'll be live afterwards on RGR. uh Check the game plan uh, Friday night as well. And uh, we will have a pod for you, uh, hopefully with Matt Derrick, uh, post-game as quickly as we can. Uh, it, it all depends on what's going on in those conferences. But Matt's been great this season. Uh, and we are we will have analysis for you post-game uh, before the star does, before anybody else gets out there because that's how we've been doing it. So, uh, so enjoy your weekend. We will talk to you after the game. Thank you, and we'll talk to you then. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Chiefs. Check out my work at RGR Football on YouTube, Chris's work on lockedonchiefs.com, and all of Seth's film analysis at theathletic.com. Thanks for listening.